in the name of God, creator, redeemer, and breath of life. Amen. Please be seated. The meanest dog you'll ever meet. He ain't the hound dog in the street. He bears some teeth and tears some skin. But brother, that's the worst of him. The dog you really got to dread is the one that howls inside your head. It's him whose howling drives men mad and a mind to its undoing. I'll tell you where the real road lies, between your ears, behind your eyes. That's the path to paradise. Likewise, the road to ruin. All right, theater people, who am I this morning? Mr. Hades, that's me, from Hadestown. A, a play, a musical that was just here in Cleveland six months ago. It's about Orpheus and Eurydice, Hades and Persephone. In my household, we spend a lot of time with the Greek myths. I, I'm into Hades town. Our youngest is, have found that he couldn't get enough of those stories of ancient mythology. Almost doesn't matter which, whose myth they are. And then both children got hooked on the Percy Jackson series, which is another retelling of the myths, but this time through the, through the eyes of modern teenagers. Can you imagine what it would be like if, if the Greeks and, and many other cultures too, but I'm going to stick with this one for the moment, if they didn't have the incredible insights into human nature uh, that they did. Think the ancient, uh, it's remarkable that all these millennia later, even though we've all heard the stories, we, we still stumble with the exact same things. And the Greeks would say, well, duh, that, that's the whole point of being human. Yet for all their insight into what makes hu us human beings tick, the, myth, the myths of so many ancient cultures actually teach us very little about who God is. Think about that. All these stories about gods actually don't say much about God. It's a little counterintuitive, I know, because these stories are all on their surface about divine beings and, and how they work in the world and how they get all wrapped up in the, in the affairs of humans. But you know, those gods are, are really just projections of us. Think about it. They go to war. They fall in love. They get jealous. They can be capricious and unfair. They're, they're oddly reactive for immortal beings, aren't they? I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I think I want my divinities to be just a little more self-differentiated. Of course, we don't go around thinking that, that the ancient gods are still running the show that Zeus is up there uh, creating lightning storms, and that Ares is the reason why we can't stop fighting with one another. We don't really believe that. But when you think about it, we do still live that way 
in a way. The gods were always in one way or another, they were, they were solitary figures. They were each in it for themselves. They, they each wanted something. And if a god created something or made something happen, then they likely did it for their own solitary ambition. Even if they formed alliances, it was because they had a need and that they wanted that need met. And, and really, isn't, isn't that us so, so often? When we think of ourselves, as, when we think of ourselves as the ones who alone make something happen, we are not reflecting the God of the Old or the New Testaments, but rather the gods of the ancient myths. We think that we are self-made. We feel that it is on us and us alone to imagine or create or defend any of those things that we value most. But perhaps the true myth is that we are self-made human beings. People who simply mimic the actions of a self-made God. A solitary figure who knows everything already and sees everything and gets around to creating the universe when he is good and ready. I'll get to that one in a minute. It, it doesn't really happen that way, though. Not, not, not in the Old Testament. Not if we read it carefully. God creates the waters and the land. God creates the stars and the night, the birds and the sky and the fish and the sea. And then, just to mess us up before we think we have this entrepreneurial God figured out, God then says, let us create humankind according to our image, according to our likeness. Wait, what? Uh, who's this us you're talking about? I'm a little bit confused. Already we are off whatever track our language would allow us to fully comprehend or to have the illusion that we fully comprehend. Okay, it's God. It's one God, but plural. All right, this is confusing, but intriguing. Already I know I can't quite figure this out, but I feel drawn in nonetheless. You see, if our God or our gods are projections of us, well, then it makes sense that they look just like us. Right? And so, and that's what we so often see. They think like us. They fight like us. They love like us. They manipulate like us. But God instead said, let us make humankind and let us do so in our image. Which is very different. It means that this mystery is in us and that there is a peace within each and every one of us that is as unknowable to us as the divine mystery itself. So when God says, let us, let us do this thing, we don't necessarily uh, suddenly know a whole lot more about who God is, but we can take out our scorecards 
and start to mark off some things that God is not. God is not a solitary monarch. God is not a CEO. God is not the man upstairs. God is not addicted to sacrifice. God did not. God is not a petulant deity whose vanity must be soothed. God did not create this world for purposes of extraction or exploitation or consumption. Now these things seem obvious, but and yet the way that we live our lives often suggests that we don't actually get this quite yet. God was always in, fa- always, in fact, an us, a we, a they, them, a relationship rather than a monolith. In fact, God is, which is kind of a bold statement at, on its face when you think about it, but God is, and I want you to think of yourself here because you are created in the image of, and likeness of God. God is infinitely creative, blessedly free, of ego and insecurity, profoundly loving, deeply averse to violence, and deeply relational. David Gushy writes, Jesus depicts the internal relational dynamic within the Trinity as involving endless mutual self-giving A delighted deflection of attention to one another. I love that one. And joyful love. That is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That Trinity Cathedral, Happy Trinity Sunday. These are our marching orders. That's who we are claiming to be. To be a Christian in relationship with other Christians. And in fact, what it means to be in relationship with every single one of God's children. To live in a cycle of endless mutual self-giving. Delighted deflection of attention to one another, right? No ego here. Just deflecting the attention, letting it go somewhere else because you are filled with joyful mutual love. That is exactly what God as Trinity envisions for us when they say, let us make humankind in our likeness. Yet so often, we fail to live that way. In a country that makes the dubious claim so often of being a Christian nation, and not even having the good taste to use the good parts of that, We are awash in a sea of tragic and preventable gun violence. Children targeted in schools, rising homicide rates and suicide by gunshot all take a tremendous toll on life and families and communities and leave open wounds that do not heal. And yet, We fail to stop it 
Because cultural and political headwinds convince us that we are powerless. And I thank every one of you who's wearing one of those buttons that say, we can end violence. That is a leap of faith. Simply saying it, it is obvious, it should be obvious. The answer is yes, yes, we can end gun violence. You see, the problem is we have settled in to worshiping the wrong gods. God is infinitely relational, and yet we have chosen the individualists of our mythology because it just kind of works a little better for us, doesn't it? And when our God is the Marlboro man, then we start to think that we should be too. And defending our patch becomes a holy crusade rather than an act of fearfulness, which it is. God is not a projection of human frailty. Rather, God reveals to us the nature of life itself through Trinitarian love. This love is marked by fluidity rather than firmness. David Gushy continues, there are not hard and fast boundary lines between father, son, and disciples. Love appears to have dissolved them, and this is precisely the goal. And we, we, don't, we don't handle that so well. We like our boundaries. We like our lines. And so we instead double down on those boundaries and devote our energies to enforcement rather than transformation. And so we fall for the euphemisms of safety and security. That's the good guy with the gun, right? Uh, and all the while, walling ourselves off from the very relationships through which we experience the image and likeness of God. Do you see what we have done? We have just about inoculated ourselves from the very relationships that can bring about healing and bring about wholeness because they allow us to know in ourselves and see in one another the image and likeness of God. When Jesus commands his disciples, he sends them forth to teach and to live as God envisioned, as the image of and likeness of, of the Holy Trinity. It is a message of sending, but a message of hope. Go, he said, and baptize, meaning initiate them, with a little help from the Holy Spirit, into the Trinitarian life. Teach them the way. And remember, he says, remember, 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 I am with you always to the end of the age. Have we forgotten? Jesus is with us. As Jesus is with the Father and the Holy Spirit, which means that we are the image and likeness of God, which means we are with them and in them as well. We can, we must choose remembrance over enforcement. Remember, I am with you always. Jesus is with us in our anger and in our grief. 
Jesus is with those who suffer. Jesus is with those who choose to make enforcement our only option. Jesus is with them too, but maybe not in quite the way they think. Remember, though, that I am with you, and you are in me, and that in this we share in the image and likeness of God. This will never take us in the direction of violence, but rather towards healing, reconciliation, and hope.